Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cooter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, ninth day of February 2017. We're here today with our uh, co-host, Jay Basser, and today our guest speaker is Captain Bill. Uh, how you doing today, Bill? <laughs> Gerald, I am rejoicing uh, from one of the greatest weekends I've ever had with our veterans groups, uh, some of our veterans and volunteers. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit during the show uh, and everything. I'm doing wonderful uh, today. I've I've had my batteries recharged. I was at the VA most most of the morning and got a pretty good report, so I'm moving ahead. Good deal. Good deal. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's so it's so good to be with John and you again, and uh, another another uh, segment of the of the uh, Had It Radio Hour and, and this veteran show, which is so it's so good, it's perfect, it's just exactly what it should be for our veterans instead of them being bombarded by all the wrong information and all the wrong causes. Well, you you, you know. We try to give them a helpful information and and not always be so negative towards the VA and and granted uh, some veterans have good cause uh, to think negatively about the VA and and uh, but it's a changing system and. By the time you learn what what in the world you think you ought to be doing, it, it, it doesn't change something on you. And you learn, well, uh, you know, I've had them, uh, seen them change forms before you can get one filled out. <laughs> you know, it's sad but true. This is a, it is a leopard that's changing spots daily. And if you don't take care of of the information flow, you're left out as far as a veteran. It uh, could be true. years, years before <laughs> you get a problem corrected. Well, yeah, and but we try to do our best to stay up to date on it. And of course, you know, we're just plain old people too. So, uh, uh, you know, and we try to stay read up on stuff, but. My lands, well, you got to remember, we're all sick people, too. <laughs> we can't hardly keep up with it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't, uh, so. we don't have to, we don't have to worry about being uh, negative about the VA or, you know, anything like that. Uh, you know, no. we've had issues in the past, but 
uh, they bring it up on themselves. I'm sure that uh, their actions and the way they treat people in these claims stuff, there, you know, it, uh, it it grows every day. So. Yeah, it don't do any good to get irate and mm-hmm. carried on. There's a lot of good people who works for the VA, and we we know that. And sure are. We appreciate those those people, and but yeah. there are some that. Uh, uh, what would you call them, slackers? I'm, I'm sure there's those out there would have uh, different names for them. Poor choice, poor choice <laughs> words. <you> know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, slackers. You know, <laughs> we're not here to batter the VA. We're we're here to try no. to figure the better way to do things and uh, what we should be doing better and and. Uh, Teach people how you, how you can help the VA win your claim. That's right. Uh, exactly yeah. right. Uh, and, you know, uh, you got a stranger looking at your claim file and uh, the data, you, and they ain't got a clue what a lot of them, what in the world you're talking about. And uh, I can understand that. Yeah, but I can't understand girls when you call to get a copy of the claims file. It takes you forever to get one, and when you get it, there's five hundred some pages of somebody else's stuff mixed in with the claims file. Yeah, now that's kind of hard. That, that's kind of difficult to explain away. I have to admit. I mean, I could understand one or two pages, you know, because then no mistakes happen. But you start getting five, six hundred. That's uh, that's that's a whole ring of paper, man. That's a big. That's a. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. So now, you ain't, the, you're not the only one that's happened to. Well, oh, I know. Uh, there's others that it's happened to, and. Uh, uh, Bill, so, have you ever found anybody else's paperwork in your claim your claim folder? Have I? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did, but that was about uh, ten, eight, eight or nine years ago, and I don't know who they sent to me, but I remember sending that veteran, because they gave me all of his personal information, his name, social security <laughs> number, his phone number, and his mailing address, and what I did, I sent him a nice letter. I said, I want you to know that I received some of your medical information and uh, doctor's opinions in my file, and I wanted to mail this back to you, and I hope that you will do something about this. But there's no reason that I should end up having this, and it's a violation of confidentiality and letting your medical information end up in my hands and I sent him a very nice letter and I can't remember who he was I wanted to get rid of it I wanted to get it out of my file because if it's in my C file then it's gone and I'm and he uh, did call me this gentleman called me he was up the country somewhere uh, seven or eight years ago and he did say that he had was very upset and he had gone to the VA and I never heard any more about it and as far as I know, I never received in the C file uh, anything f- 
further concerning this gentleman and his medical insurance or medical uh, problems. You know, uh, for the veterans' sake, uh, let, let me tell you a little what happened this weekend. I have got invited with Combat Marine Outdoors. I had known the uh, uh, Sergeant Major uh, Art Garcia and Sergeant Dustin Jones, who are uh, some of the directors, assistant directors, and and some of the higher-ups within this wonderful group. And I had gotten to meet them. They had heard about me, heard about my story, and wanted to meet me. And so we met um, out at one of the restaurants and had a wonderful time. And then we ended up we ended up getting um, uh, together, and they ended up inviting me on a hunt. Uh, I haven't killed a deer in over 20 years and there were seven veterans and a whole slew of wonderful volunteers who do nothing but to devote their time to uh, uh, this organization and try to make sure our veterans are taken care of so it was a very wonderful weekend we spent you couldn't ask for better food they had a chef hired from one of the best restaurants in, in South Texas. He was there. We certainly didn't go hungry. Uh, they had entertainment there with a couple of guys on guitar. You can pull up some of the music and some of the stuff off the Combat Marine Outdoors webpage. There's something there. I even got to sing one little song uh, for them, too. I hope it, it'll been a long time since I'd done anything like that, but it was fun. And the camaraderie between our veterans and to, to be able to, to see that each one of these veterans was fighting with the VA, had been fighting with the VA, or are still fighting with the VA. Now, they had U.S. Coast Guard, we had U.S. Air Force, U.S. Army, and the Marines and the Navy. And there were veterans from these groups that were involved in this hunt, and the, the people that were volunteered, uh, some of them have been doing it for, for six or seven years, eight years. And so we had, you could tell immediately that these people were dead serious about our veterans, that they loved our veterans. I had a veteran, I'm not going to mention his name, I'm going to just say Sergeant Stephen, I love you too. He came up, he had heard about my story and what had happened to me, and he came up to me. He had a big old beard on him. He came up and gave me a big old hug. He had his two titanium legs, lost his legs um, in an IED. He come up and said, I didn't even really get to know him. He just came up and gave me a hug, and he said, Bill Sheik, I want you to know I love you. I said, Stephen, I love you too. And that's the kind of weekend it was. And we were we all bonded together. We had so much in common. I explained to these veterans that that it, w during the ceremony when all of the veterans were asked to talk a little bit about what was going on, and I kept hearing the veterans say, uh, when I was blowed up, when I was blown up. And when it got to me, I said, you know, fellas, I'd love to tell you I was blown up, but I really wasn't. I was blown in. Just yeah. like you, Gerald. You and I were blown in. John? Yeah. We're blown in, man. <laughs> and they started laughing and it's really it's really the that's the truth. When we start dealing with chemical weapons, Agent Orange, uh nuclear radiation, 
then we start dealing with some really, really specific things that are that are very, very detrimental to the veteran. And as we know, we've all lost friends. We can state how sick we've gotten from this. And I, I got to go over that a little bit with these guys. And I, I reassured them. I said, fellas, we're, we're going to take care of each other because veterans take care of each other. Veterans take care of veterans. We don't need the VA and a bunch of nonsense and people doing stuff to us. We're going to be operational, and we're going to be taking care of each other no matter what because that's the way it is. I did bring up com and told them, folks, there's a place there that you're going to find yourself at home uh, with other veterans that are dealing with the same issues you are. They had a, a young Coast Guard veteran who was uh, a jumper, a uh, um, uh, John, what do you call him? I, uh, the, he, they called him a jumper. He was a swimmer, rescue swimmer. Rescue swimmer. Rescue swimmer, yeah. Rescue swimmer. And this young man, I, I could tell he was hurt. He, you could see it a mile off, and you could tell it in his voice and everything. And I, I, I would imagine it is a form of survivor's guilt, and that that he had he had lost some people or somebody he was trying to save in in Alaska and was not able to do so. And it's he's got to deal with that. And uh, I sat down with him, so did the owner of the ranch who has known me for three decades at least. I've known him and his wife. And uh, we we sat down with him and said, look, we're, we're for you. We're there with you. We're going to be there. Don't don't think that you don't have somebody that's going to be there. I explained in the ceremony, I said, you know, we have reached a very low point with VA that we've got 24, 25 suicides per day because of the VA not doing their job and not taking care of our veterans. And these veterans are reaching the end of the rope. They've hit the breaking point. They feel neglected. They feel used and abused, and we all three can say that. John, Gerald, and me, we know we had to battle the VA. Gerald, how long did you battle the VA, and where, you're still battling, but how long have you been battling? Uh, Fifteen years March. Fifteen years of March. John, how about you? How long has it taken you to battle with VA? It's going to be 14, 14 years. Exactly. Fourteen years. There's fifteen years, folks. Fourteen years and nine years for me, and I still have twelve issues under appeal. Now, wow. forty years, people. That's just the three vet, veterans. Vet, veterans, years. please. You spouses, you widows, and you veterans, listen very carefully. There's three people on this program tonight that have battled, have fought, and we couldn't have done it without the help of other veterans. And it's very important that you never give up, that you realize that they are designed, the VA 38 CFRs are really designed to not be uh, uh, friendly to you, and that you have to stay after it. You can't give up. And the problem is most veterans don't want to mess with it. They're too tired, and I don't blame them. They shouldn't have to fight. I'm encouraged right now by Dr. Shulkin, who is coming on board as the Secretary of the VA. However, 
red flags going to go up right now. Please listen, uh, my, my fellow veterans. You have to deal with the regional office, and until we get that regional office cleaned out, we've got to get these people held accountable that are making decisions that they know are illegal, that they know that they've been told before, stop doing this, and they continue to do it. These people need to be taken account of, made known as criminal, and we need to turn this thing around. The health care, I, I can't complain with the health care overall. I've had some very good doctors in VA. I've had some bad ones too, but that's going to happen in any big health care organization. So Dr. Shulkin's coming on board. We have to trust that Mr. Trump, he gave his 10-point program. Remember that, John and Gerald, when you all gave that on one of your programs? Yes. Ten point, his 10-point yep. program, I still have it. Yep. There's something wrong with our now, country when we don't have any help from any of the other candidates have even come forward and said what they're going to do with the VA, and Mr. Trump is the only one out of 26 candidates. I ran into a veteran. Yeah, he's got something he's trying to do. Let's let him try to do it. Let's hope we can get this where we can get our VA claims process. I'm I'm looking right at it right now. I just printed it off. For you veterans, this is the daily report, uh, data report on um, the uh, daily report, and it shows that as of um, the night, uh, there's – 389,932 claims that are still waiting to be adjudicated. That's a lie. That's that's not true. It's over a million. We have over a million claims still there. Nothing has happened. But it's funny numbers. It makes them feel good, and they put it. Now they look at the claims backlog. They have it at 100,593. It's it's. Not. It's like 1.2 million. It's been there for three years. We haven't received any reduction. And then the three-month issue level accuracy. They're saying it's 94.39 percent. I don't know what they're smoking, but they better stop. They've got to. That is not right. They can't get it right, so it results in an in a error rate that is so high that it puts the appeals court under so much pressure they can't get it moved. Now, in 2007, I recorded and listened to Doc, uh, Mr. James Nicholson, who was the secretary of the VA in those days. He stood before the House of Veteran Affairs Committee and said that we were at 178 days to develop a claim. And when he said that, he, he immediately received rebuke from several of the congressmen saying they found it appalling, and they said that that it was not that was not going to work. Well, that was 2007, 178 days, and they were going to try to get it down to 145 days. I would love to be there. We're at 1,200 days for a claim and three years for an appeal. We have gone so far off track, and, folks, the suicide rate has started because of this. This is the big problem, our suicide rate's at 24 uh, to 25 veterans a day. They say it dropped to 21 or 22. Well, it's still it's too many. One veteran taking his life because he can't deal with the VA should send 
broad signals to the VA. It should tell our congressmen and senators, hey, we got to redo it, and you've got to go into the regional offices. That is where the problem is. Um, I was I was looking at some of the other stuff that Gerald is. Some of these people don't know that you and I were stationed at the infamous Fort Greeley during, yeah. the, during the Project 112 years, during the chemical, biological, nuclear testing. I was there when the reactor went down, and I I was there when all that happened at the now, Agent you, Orange. Your, your boy, uh, uh, he's uh, got uh, spinal bifidus? My, my son was diagnosed with spina bifida. It's the only disease a veteran can give his offspring, uh, besides deformities, that is the only one that is ruled as a presumptive because of Agent Orange, meaning that the veteran can transfer these problems uh, to the child through the DNA process attaches to the chromosome. And what's even worse is my children can give this to their offspring up to four generations. Now, I'd let, heard that it was up to eight generations, but even now that's four. That's VA saying four. I believe what you're saying before I believe the yeah. VA. Uh, uh, but we, we start looking at the presumptive list. Now, let, let me explain something to, to the listeners out there, when the VA says we have a presumptive list for VA due to, say, Agent Orange, they've created a list. And what they do, they say, well, if you were in Vietnam, we're going we're gonna to concede that we agree that you probably did get sick there from Agent Orange. The problem develops is that's a presumptive, and you have to file a presumptive if you were boots on the ground Vietnam. With me, I had to file a direct claim just like you did, because we weren't boots on the ground, meaning they haven't yet officially acknowledged that Agent Orange was used at Fort Greeley, Alaska, or any of the other uh, military bases uh, in the United States, which there's over 100, as as I have posted and, and have the material, according to the U.S. Army Material Command Installations and Services, the United States Army Material Command Herbicide Training Conference, September uh, 10th through the 14th of 1973, listing all of the bases, listing all of the personnel that had to be there for this mandatory training to learn how to apply Agent Orange. Now, therefore, James Cripps was on the show here last week or week before last, our first Agent Orange Continental United States veteran. Yeah. I have I have been awarded uh I'm at four hundred and ten percent service connected under the SMC special medical conditions level L. The VA regional office awarded that because they couldn't beat my doctors or my or my medical or environmental information, they couldn't beat them. My doctors were all on my side. So what they did, they were real sneaky. The regional office goes in there and says, we agree with what your doctors have said and what the VA examiners have opined. Therefore, based off of this information, we we have approved you uh, for being service-connected. Okay, well, what did they say? 
you, we don't know. You have to go to the medical report in the C file and read it and see that that's what they said. So the veteran is behind the eight ball. If he has to um, try to appeal, the, the regional office doesn't want to say Agent Orange. They don't want to say nuclear radiation. They don't want to say chemical weapons. They don't want to say it because that group of folks were getting smaller and smaller. Now what we've got is these newer vets, these younger vets. It was the Agent Orange Act of 1991 or 92 that finally brought Agent Orange to the forefront where the veteran could get his uh, benefits and get medical care to help him. It, that's 30 years after the fact. Now we see the same thing happening with our Gulf War vets and our veterans that were in OEF and OIF. These are young fellows, like I was with this weekend. One one guy, uh, one young veteran, I've got to call him after the show, he lost his a left eye, lost one of his legs in an IED. He's a Marine. Awesome, awesome person. Just, we hit it off great. He's still fighting with these guys. Well, the reason being is because right now, their health issues isn't just missing limbs or, or uh, organs. They're going to have to worry about these things, the chemical weapons that were in our stockpiles at Fort Greeley that we got rid of in 84, 85, and 86 gave to Saddam. Now are ended up over, we don't know who's got them now. Syria ended up with a bunch of them. We end up seeing these veterans, they called it, the VA got smart, Department of Defense. They said, well, we got to stall this. We can't let them know that we had chemical weapons over there, that they were captured. Saddam had them, and we gave them to them. Then they get captured by later on by these Islamic terrorists. We've got to cover that up. So we're going to name their diseases Gulf War Syndrome. They knew what it was. Our guys got gassed. When we blew up the munitions plants, the two of them at Camelsea, Thousands of our veterans were exposed immediately because of atmospheric uh, fallout due to VX and sarin gas. It was our stuff. But now these guys are going to start dealing with that. And the depleted uranium warheads, they haven't even brought that forward. And these veterans are going to be facing cancer. They're going to get tumors just like I've got on my thyroid from nuclear radiation and a rare bowel disease. And we forget that Agent Orange... VX and sarin gas and mustard gas are all based off of the same uh, uh, component, and that's organophosphates, trichlorobenzo-D-dioxin. That was that's what they made all of this bad stuff off. It's just Agent Orange in a much stronger state. Now we now we got these veterans, and they're getting ready to have their own set of problems, health problems like I've got, like you've got. And, John, like you've got, and we don't have anybody there that's even brought this stuff up to Congress to get the ball rolling. That's what – it's so unnerving to watch this stuff. I'm looking at all – I'm looking at a stack of declassified material that I've got concerning Project 112 and concerning fact sheets from Fort Greeley. This stuff is unbelievable, and it, thank God it's declassified. But it's Even all, the Corps Engineer report, uh, it, uh, they and the massive cleanups they've had there, uh, Superfund cleanups. Uh, that's hundreds had, of billions, yeah. hundreds of billions of dollars at Fort Greeley, not millions, billions. Exactly right. And uh, 
uh, not only at Fort Gurley, Fort Wainwright. I just got a report uh, from Fort Wainwright on uh, uh, all their massive uh, Superfund cleanups. And uh, so you'd that whole area is just saturated. And you're right. They sent a lot of these agents overseas and give them to these uh, third world countries. Now come back and bite them in the butt because uh, they have all these exposed veterans that are going to be horribly sick. I mean, uh, they got doses, uh, you know, I would say super doses, and I suspect that I don't know how many they've already lost. Uh, of course, the closer they were, the more apt they are to be gone now. But right. uh, uh, we got a, a massive thing that's going to hit the BA here, and they're, I'm sure, trying to, figure a way to wiggle out of it, but I don't know how on earth they're going to be able to do it, but they've done it on us, <laughs> yes, more yeah. or less. They did it on us, and the Agent Orange Act helped those veterans in Vietnam, but it did at least open the door for us, because what about all of us that were not in Vietnam that are Agent Orange, or in, in my case, I've got nuclear radiation, and we yeah. see... We see the uh, the White House in 2005 when George Bush, President Bush, in 2005 released declassified about 20 tests of the Project 112, which was roughly 3,500 tests, counting shad, the Navy part of it. That was all chemical weapons. We still don't know what the what those tests all were. We know that 20 of them such as, here's a few of their names, uh, Dewpoint, Watchdog, Sundown, Elk Hunt Phase 1 and Phase 2, which you were in, yeah. uh, Gerald, Red Cloud, uh, Whistle Down, uh, Copperhead, uh, Devil yeah, Hole Phase 1 and 2, Night Train, Copperhead, uh, West Side Phase 1, West Side Phase 2, uh, we start dealing with these tests, and what I like, this is real cute, at the bottom of these declassified tests, it says the Department of Defense is providing this information at the request of the Department of Veteran Affairs to assist the VA in providing health care services to qualified veterans and to assist veterans in establishing service connection for disability claims. The Deployment Health Supportive Directive collected this information from multiple sources and requested that the military services declassify it to allow its public distribution. The VA accepts this information provided on location, dates, units, and or ships and substances involved in this exercise which DHSD extracted from classified Department of Defense records and will provide it to individual veterans is necessary, but the VA cannot verify it accurately. Gerald, you were in Elk Hunt Phase 1, one of the classified and, and tests. Two. And, and two. two. And uh, two. Phase done. 1, uh, Phase 1, we were in 64. Phase 2 was supposed to be in 65. 
So we got ahead of schedule, so they put a bunch of the testing is scheduled for phase two back on phase one, which was done in 64. And I caught that by uh, them on Elk Hunt uh, Test Series 6514, and I asked him at the DOD, how come it's 6514? He said, because that's the years the test was done. And I said, you're wrong. It was done in 64 for Elk Hunt 1. And uh, then I find out that Beans, we were ahead of schedule. They pulled a lot of the testing from Elk Hunt 2 and put it on Elk Hunt 1, which is not actually in the records. Exactly. Other than uh, uh, Elk Hunt 2, which I was able to get a hold of their their records. But uh, this, this declassified report that you were involved in that very test, the problem develops is, what about all the people that were at Fort Greeley during the rest of the, the 3,480 other uh, tests that are still classified that we can't get our hands on? The stuff that was going on when I was there. And I was there 71, 72, and 73. Now, you know, just to let people know what this thing says, we're talking about Elk Hunt Phase 1. I'm reading directly from the declassified report that you now can get your hands on. And I'm going to skip the first paragraph for time's sake, but it says the Elk Hunt Phase 1 tests were designed to determine the amount of either standard or modified VX nerve agents picked up on the clothing of personnel traversing various types of contaminated terrain. The test examined the length of time a barrier is effective in reducing casualties. Elk Hunt Phase 1 also compared pickup of agent when M23 mines filled with standard and modified VX nerve agent were detonated underwater and underground. In Elk Hunt Phase 1, standard or modified nerve agents was disseminated from M23 mines detonated underground in three types of terrain, shrubbery, wooded, ground-covered in ryegrass, and underwater. Personnel assuming various tactical positions traversed the contaminated test grids at specified times, and the amount of VX picked up on their clothing was measured. Personnel wore complete, impermeable, butyl rubber outfits and M9A1 masks, Twenty trials were conducted in the vicinity of Fort Greely, Alaska, from July 3rd through August 15th, 1964. Gerald, your pictures show that story of you scrubbing those chemical weapon suits at Fort Greely. They're there. Yeah, yeah, it's there. And yet and you got a fight. Wearing, I wasn't even wearing a shirt. I was washing them. You're sitting there with no T-shirt on. And, folks, I'm, the picture's there on the Internet for you to see. Gerald scrubbing the suits. We were in there covering up a lot of these tests that had already been done. They wouldn't let us know what. But when we're covering stuff up with heavy equipment and keeping that site open, it's something, you know, you, you're trying to figure out, wow, I just don't want to get too too near this stuff, I don't want to end up getting smoked. Oh, but your support, 
You're headquarters <laughs> company, Bill. Your support. You're, you've got to be in there. Let the guys that were doing the test. They're they're here and gone. They're already gone back to wherever. And you've got to go in there and clean this mess up. Oh, okay, no problem. We'll do, sir. Well, they, no uh, there's still a lot that has not been unclassified. Now they they claim it has been, and then when you go try to use a foyer to uh, secure more information, well, that's uh, <laughs> still classified. Yeah, now the reason I wasn't a wearing a shirt is because I was sweating profusely all the time. Uh, I figure now that I'd got hit with some I don't know what, whether it was mustard agent, and they claim they never used mustard agent, but uh, it had to be there, I know. It had to. Yeah. And, we, we know it was there because it's just a small part of the of our chemical weapons arsenal. Yeah, and, and yeah, I understand. The United States is not supposed to was not supposed to have chemical and biological weapons per the Geneva Convention. I understand that. I've got the declassified materials now from the from the old days when Nixon and Melvin Laird and Henry Kissinger were trying to stop this thing, and it was Henry Kissinger that managed to get this thing bring some sanity to it. But we were in the Cold War. We were in an arms race against the Russians. The Russians had some very bad stuff. The Germans had already had already designed the first of the mustard gas in the First World War. They they had the very first stuff. But the Geneva Conventions in 1917 and 18, they had ruled all the countries signed on. We're not going to have this stuff. Well, we were kind of caught between a rock and a hard spot. Now it's declassified. We know that it was used. I know it. You know it. John knows it. Um, what we've got right now, we're, we're losing 300 veterans a day to Agent Orange. I lost my cousin, who was a major in the Marine Corps. I was very close to my cousin. He died from uh, Agent Orange uh, prostate cancer. And the same cancer that I have right now that he had, and he died from it. I lost my my sergeant, um, uh, my uh, uh, sergeant. He was my platoon sergeant. I was squad leader, Bravo Company, Fourth Battalion, First Combat Brigade. I lost him. He was 59 years old. We were the same age, three months apart, and now I'm battling the same cancer. And by the way, for the those of you, if you go look at the VA website, you'll find out that the Agent Orange uh, cancer that uh, is now being listed under VA, I'm going to read to you from uh, another report from the medical end of it, Portland, Oregon, exposure to Agent Orange doesn't increase the risk of all types of prostate cancer among veterans exposed to the chemicals during the Vietnam era, only making more likely that patients will develop the more lethal form of the disease. Very important. This is not a cancer that you're going to keep at bay and treat easily. It, it is going, I know it's going to get me. If the pulmonary hypertension, the lung disease, doesn't before that, but it's, um, it, it, it's an amazing thing to see that the VA is still fighting with our veterans when they shouldn't be. 
I listened to the stories this weekend from all the wonderful people, from Thomas and Stephen and Isaac, uh, from uh, James, from Dustin, from Josh. I got to listen to these veterans' stories and the battles. I, I just saw a post a little while ago. Uh, it, telling me that uh, one of the veterans he's been fighting now for t- two years, he doesn't know what to do. He said they still told him he's got another year. Uh, these are these are veterans that are that are been injured and they can't even get the VA to make a right decision. I'm not talking about the health care end of it. We're talking about the administrative, the Veterans Benefits Administration, and John and Gerald, we know what that regional offices are like. We know that they're not there to help the veteran. Well, I don't know what they're thinking. To me, it's got to be by design. they give them bonuses for I don't know what reason. That should be done away with. What was it? I, uh, two, two I years agree. Ago. I, I feel bonus, all bonuses should be totally thrown out the door uh, uh, or a better explanation as to why they're given bonuses. They say so we can keep higher quality people. Well, Pay them more money when you hire them. They're getting a paycheck every week yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I well, mean, why you got to give them a $100,000 bonus ever so often? They're trying to do a better, make better decisions. I mean, no, they're trying to make keep better people and make poor decisions. If $172 million was given in bonuses two years ago, for having 1,200 uh, days uh, claims before you get a decision and three years on the appeal process to get a decision, and we have over a million people backlogged, that's doing a good job to get a bonus? I'd like a job. I, I'll sign up. I'll take that job. Uh, yeah. I've that all along. I, I chose the wrong permission, I guess. Uh, it, can't be, it can't be that it's not in the budget. Because that is something the VA has been very fortunate to get. They've got, when they need more money and they need a budget increase, they get it. But that's not the problem. Let's hope this new administration will step up and do some some, uh, emergency corrective uh, action here and, and, and... and uh, show us that they're sincere about doing something. And I know it's such a large conglomerate that it, uh, they have to be careful what moves they do make. But right. my lands, they do need to do something. I want to make a prediction that uh, when he gets in, he's going to focus a whole lot of effort and time on the hospital section of the VA. I'm going to say the regional office will probably go uh, business as usual because they're leaning that way. And, uh, well, that that's way what I keep the, hearing too, John, that yeah. they're looking at the medical side. I, I, I'm hearing that too, and I do not like it. We know the problem really isn't in the medical, even though it does have problems. It's in the regional office, the Benefits Administration, 
there's our problem. So Shulgren, uh, Shulkin being promoted at, from the VA to the de- department secretary, it's not the fact that he's coming from the medical that I don't have. He's a wonderful person. But so was General uh, Eric Shinseki when he was sacrificed. That regional office, as long as they have the safety net and the barricades up to keep people from touching them, that's going to be the problem. It's going to bring every one of these secretaries down, too. Now, didn't I want over the benefit to VBA? Didn't he get he got canned, didn't he? Who was that? The guy over Are you talking about Allison Hickey? Oh, yeah, Bob but uh, that was uh, a. Well, no, what happened was uh, they had that blow up in Phoenix, and then they uh, got up and they tried to. Uh, this they got up and they tried to tap dance around Congress, and uh, so Congress passed the Choice Act, and at that time they hired uh, Shulkin as in in the VHA as far as I guess he was under Secretary of the Health Act. Yes, he was under Secretary of Health. Because right. at the time, you know. And basically what really happened was some of the employees got, uh, especially in Phoenix, you know, a lot of administrative employees, they they became very intelligent, and they knew them bonuses were coming out, so they just they devised a way to show, you know, the world they were doing their job. Everybody was getting bonuses on, you know, and showing the vets were seen on time, which actually they weren't. Yeah. You know. Well, right, right Anytime. now, it, you know, we're seeing... We have seen James Nicholson, who was no good, VA Secretary in 2007. Now, and we saw Eric Shinseki, who was an awesome person. The problem was General Shinseki just, he felt that everybody was supposed to be as honorable as he was, and he quickly found out they weren't. And then Allison Hickey, she was being lied to. She was Veterans Benefits Administrator under Secretary. I owe her a lot. She's a wonderful person, but those people sacrificed her. Now we're at the point it doesn't matter who's in there. The problems of these people that are in decision-making controls in each regional office, the thing is busted. And we, we have to get that thing under control. And we've got to get those people held accountable, whether it's under the RICO Act. And we've all talked about RICO concerning conspiracy and fraud because they are. Racketeering. I think it goes further than that. I think it goes further than that. I think some other folks are involved too. Yes. Uh, you know, like because I mean, you can just see some of these big organizations, and they would jump all over Alice Hickey. They're part of part of the reason she got uh, sacrificed. I agree with that, hundred percent. Yeah. So. And she was a uh, she was an amazing person, Bob McDonald. I have nothing against ex secretary. The VA Bob McDonald, he tried to do his job, but he cannot get into that regional office and break through their defenses to protect those individuals that are part of the decision review and and the decision making process. These these regional office managers, they're powerful. Uh, they ship them out. Oh yeah, let them get a. A problem, and what do they do? They can't get fired, but what do they do, John, Gerald? They move them. They move them. They pop no, they up some other regional I mean, office. That's done, yeah, the, that's done because it, that's kind of the same thing because they put their name on these denial letters. Exactly. They got to move them around. Exactly. <laughs> and, and right now our troops, 
our young veterans that are coming into this thing, I'm just, my heart's broken because they have got to go in there and fight what we all have had to fight. 14 years, 15 years, and 9 years. And I'm still not through. I'm still not through. The only advantage the newer ones have, Bill, I feel, uh, the newer veterans coming out of the service, I think they're better educated than with with today's uh, uh, media and access to computers, where you can you can get a uh, get on there and and uh, do just a small amount of research, and you're going to stumble into some things that. Uh, should wake them up and say, hey, they need to do some investigating or at least keep an eye on their health closer. You know, we yes. got out of service and, and you know, it didn't matter whether you were sick or not, you went to work and, and that was that. Uh, we didn't run a doctor every time you get the sniffles or you couldn't breathe or you just sucked it up and went on. And now when you get older and you can't do it no more, uh, you say, oh, hell, <laughs> what happened? What happened? You get in our shape, the sniffle turns into a life-threatening emergency. <laughs> well, you're, yes, sir. you know, but. you're absolutely right. It ain't until you get down and, and <laughs> can't go no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that this newer group of veterans will be uh, quite a bit more wiser. And and the trouble with a lot of these different exposure issues is they don't manifest themselves for years. Uh, And a guy might feel, feel, feel good for the longest time and then all of a sudden kawhammy. He got head upside the head with something. They don't know what's going on. And then the ain't tell you, say, oh, hell. You know, here I was right in the middle of all that uh, uh, depleted uranium munitions and, uh, of course, the burn pit. Boy, I feel sorry for them people. Uh, you know, they got some heavy doses. And uh, they're going to, it won't be as gradual on them. It'll be more sudden on them. But uh, they shouldn't be having the problems they're having with the VA. They should jump right on that and get them, uh, uh, start medicating them and trying to help them maybe. Yes. Uh, I think in the long run it'll be cheaper for the VA if they oh, were to do that. Yeah, I agree. If they would just go ahead and get on it now rather than go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. We've got to have all these hearings, and we're going to have to try to develop something that will be an act like the uh, Cesspool Act of 2024. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, 400 veterans a day are passing away from this that we knew was a problem, but we didn't take care of it 30 years later until we recognized it. They know. Gulf War Syndrome, they well, knew about it the very first day. They lied. They didn't tell our folks history, what happened. Um, now we've got, you know, if I, if I got one thing to say to our veterans tonight, 
the most important thing you can do is make sure that you keep all of your medical records to you. Your C file is yeah. so very important. It is gold. Before you get out it of will, service, you're still in service. Before you get out of the service, don't wait like John and Gerald and I did and then hope that your medical files are there with your C file. I was very fortunate they didn't burn mine. Because you can't remember this stuff. Keep your medical files. That's the main thing I have to tell our veterans and never give up. Don't let a denial on a on a uh, 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 claim discourage you. Just follow the process. Follow the days. If it's a year, you have one year to appeal it. Do not let it go. Don't give up. Don't let it go. Get that C file together before you leave and guard it with your life. Because one day you'll get, like me, 47 years old, and the wheels started falling off. And I went through it. I went through 10 years of testing before they finally had an idea of what it was. And, Gerald, you and I both have been to the Agent Orange Clinic. Can't get a better place than that. We know you and I both have Dr. Bash, too, the best neuroradiologist there is. And we had to have that. We had to be able to counter. Uh, every time Dr. they make moves, he he was an agent orange specialist. Yes, his tests were squashed by the Department of Defense because of how condemning all of his tests were. He stepped up and said, "You know what? You can't treat our veterans this way, and I'm not going to allow you." So he started the Agent Orange Clinic to try to help our veterans. Wonderful and man. he's got a nice clinic down there, really yes, nice. He, I mean, he really does. He did an MRI on me. He done all kinds of tests. I mean, all day affair. Uh, and, I was there three uh, days. Yeah. You got touched on these hearings. You know, there's going to be hearings in the future. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, you see the secretary of the VA and the undersecretaries get up and testify in front of the, the Senate committees and the House committees. And, but you know, Congress only lasts two years, and then if something goes through Congress and the committee it stays in the committee for two years, well, when Congress leaves, it, it's dead. So they got to start over again. But the VA knows that. See, that's what they delay them like that, and they know as soon as it goes out, it's over with. So that's yeah, they capitalize. Too. Just watch. Yeah, they. Just they watch really capitalize on that. They're experts at delaying the veterans, but they're also experts at delaying the proceedings. It's uh, it has we our veterans are having a tougher road to hold. It's it's good that there's veterans like you and me and uh, uh, Gerald and John like like y'all, and that we are able to help pave the way. And show these younger vets, you've got to be aware of what's happening. Do not let this thing get out of hand to the point that you get to where we have our suicide rate where it is today. There was a reason for that. And it's not the fact that that I haven't tried or, Gerald, you haven't tried or, John, we're, we've tried to help. But it boils down to the fact that we've got some problems and we can't take care of our own as a country, we can't take care of our own. We have to. We've got to change. It's got to come out of this archaic, 
colossal mess up, and we've got to be able to take care of our veterans, especially these young people, and um, that that don't understand. Um, I, I'm I would think that this, if we're going to change it, we have the right president who cares. He really cares whether he can penetrate the defense mechanisms of the VA and the regional offices is going to be the the main focus. I believe that Mr. Trump will. John, do you and Gerald, do you all feel that way? Yeah, I, I believe that we got the right administration now. And, uh, you know, depending on how quick they can get to the veterans, I I think they have someone in there going to be working on it. It's not going to happen overnight, naturally. But we should be able to see some sort of positive results within 90, uh, 120 days. Uh, right. There should be something that you can recognize and say, hey, we're moving in the right way. I guess it's the ship is so large that the captain trying to get the rudder to turn to turn that ship, it's going to take some time. And I, I hope you're right, Cheryl. Well, I hope I'm right, too. Uh, but uh, my lands, uh, there's a lot of hard work ahead uh, for this new VA uh, secretary, and we know it. And we can't expect miracles, naturally, much as we want to. Going to take a uh, lot of they're going to vote on him. They're going to vote uh, on him pretty soon. They're going to vote I, on him pretty soon. I thought they already did. Yeah, I think Shul can. They didn't even. They didn't even cite anything bad. They all agreed. Hey, put him in. Didn't they? Didn't they, Gerald? He, he, he's not had. That. I thought he's not had. Maybe I'm yet. wrong. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm outdated already. <laughs> well, I. I can't even remember where I put the toilet paper. So, I, you know, I thought I read where they had already passed him, and he's in. But, uh, no, I no, he's in because I watched the hearing. That okay. Was, uh, yeah, I, I did. I watched the House hearings, and I believe that they put him in. There wasn't anybody that was giving him a hard time. The guy was a, was a, wonderful, a, a wonderful candidate. I really liked what I saw of it. Again, like like John pointed out, he's coming out of the Veterans um, Health Administration. He is a doctor and uh, a very fine one. But let's see what happens to the regional office and the Veterans Benefits Administration, how they're going to break that uh, fortress down. Well, something has to happen. I mean... Uh... I don't see them being able to continue the way they're doing. Uh, and it's it's not... Uh, these claims get off on the wrong foot as one of the major problems, and I think we all know that. And uh, I believe the BSOs need better schooling or... Updated schooling. Uh, VSOs need something. So many of them 
are getting these poor veterans off on the wrong foot, and that yeah. that's a disaster. And it shouldn't be that complicated that that we need a system that requires all this training to where some of them can't get the whole picture or what they have to do for the veteran. It should be much simpler. I agree, yeah. Uh, than uh, this. But uh, it is what it is. Until it's changed, we're stuck right, with right. it, so we have to, to work with it however we can. And try to keep everybody updated, all the veterans out here, you know. Where Haddad has 16,000, ain't about 16,000 veterans now, members? Uh, Oh, is it? Amazing. So that's a... That's a good start, just word of mouth. I mean, you know, we get... Uh, come across something that's important to them, and we can get it out there real quick. Uh, you know, here it wasn't too long ago. I was filling out some forms, and uh, I forget who called me, and we got talking. It might have been you, John. And you said, "Oh no, they just changed that form." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they changed it. <laughs> and so they I had to go on there and get a new one, and. It was the same number, only it had a, a A or a B or something on it. And yeah. The DBQ, the, the disability questionnaire. Look at that thing. How that thing has erupted. It just caused so much trouble. Yeah. That's what it's called. Not it's a, called disability. Is, it, that's, is that what that DBQ is called? The disability questionnaire? I thought yeah. it stood for the duck bill quagmire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I what a mess. Quagmire. I don't there's not a place on there for a medical opinion, folks. That's a no. that's a joke. No. It works Get in the a, veteran's favor to deny the veteran his his claim. That's all it uh, is. Yeah. Hey, folks, we're out of time here. Uh, <laughs> Don't it. Where this hour go? We just got started. <laughs> that's okay. We I can do it again. I my second breath. Yeah. <laughs> I even got my first breath. <laughs> we can do it again. <laughs> But anyway, we're going to have to sign off. So, Bill, appreciate you coming on. Uh, my pleasure, and, uh, Gerald. I, I think it was a good show. And, John, appreciate you being there. And, uh, folks, uh, go to Haddad if you got any problems with your claims or what have you, questions. Uh, you can usually get them all answered there on Haddad. They're a pretty good bunch. Yeah, there's um, somebody has got, has gone through what you're going through. But do not feel like that there isn't. There's somebody out there that has dealt with what you're doing, going through, and will be able to assist you and help you. Don't give up. That's veterans right. helping veterans. Yeah, leave, you're not alone. Leave no one behind. Not on a desert trail. Not on a jungle trail. Not on a mountain trail. Don't leave anybody behind. Gerald Cook uh, will be signing off now. God bless y'all. Are you lost in the maze of the VA claims process? Are you frustrated with VA's constantly changing rules and regulations? Well, that was good. That was good. (laughs) Are we off there? 
You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.